he confesses to listening in a glory hole in the men's room into the jury deliberation room. <laughs> and and that's monstrous, right? Like, I, I mean, I know we're making yes. jokes and all, but like, you, you don't even confess that to the devil. If that's what you're doing as a lawyer, like, you take that one to the grave. Oh, my God. I mean, literally blowing the jury would be less unethical than, like, listening to them deliberate through that hole, right? Yeah. I I mean, don't take legal advice from this podcast or anything, but yes, absolutely. That would be God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because not all the fake cups just turn you old really quick. I'm your host, No Illusions, <laughs> and sitting 700 miles to my immediate left is my good friend Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thanks, Noah. Now, uh, you obviously know who's a good actor today. It's Al Pacino. Oh, obviously, yes, yes. Obviously, you know uh-huh. that. Mm-hmm. But do you know where Al Pacino is especially good? Where is Al Everywhere! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. And we're going to prove that today. Now, Eli is unable to join us this week because, frankly, he didn't try very hard. But joining us in his stead is the host of the Opening Arguments podcast and friend of the family, Andrew Torres. Andrew, welcome back. Noah, thank you so much for having me. Although, uh, you know, it's... uh, no Al Pacino, but uh, but thanks for having me on. <laughs> well, but you know what? My guess is that you don't do a worse Cuban accent, right? Like, am I right? It would be oh, tough. Oh, All right. Oh, we're going to get to accents. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Spend a little time there. All right. So tell us, Heath, what the hell is Al Pacino doing on this show? Well, we watched The Devil's Advocate. Very excited. <laughs> It's the story of just how fucking amazing of an actor Al Pacino is. Right. Because the other main character is played by Keanu Reeves, just pouring sweat the whole time, <laughs> trying to act as hard as he can and like physically injuring himself. But the movie's still amazing. I fucking love this movie. Like P- Pacino might as well be giving Keanu Reeves a literal piggyback ride carrying him (laughs) through every scene physically just like yelling at him like an old school dad you know like what (laughs) speak up you want to act yourself now okay okay walk past me right now try to walk past me wrist control (laughs) don't you do kung fu you don't know kung fu On Keanu Reeves' back, you should have the writer, and on the writer's back, you should have the director. Yeah, right, right. Now, <laughs> holy shit, this was just, this was two out and a half hours of proving that Al Pacino could just be reading a fucking menu, right? <laughs> All right, I'd so love Andrew. that. Right? That'd be amazing. A- angrily, angrily, <laughs> but yeah. So, Andrew, how bad was this movie? Well... If you liked Scarface, <laughs> but you thought, hey, I kind of want to hear Ted Theodore Logan do his best Blanche Dubois impression at the same time, then you will love this movie. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. No, okay. We're going to get we're going to get into that here in just a second. But I, I want to throw out a theory I have about this movie because. All right. So this came out like three or four years after The Firm came out and all the ads for The Firm made it seem like it had this movie's plot. 
right? It, it made you think that the firm was run by <laughs> yeah. Satan or something like that. But then you went, actually went there and you're like, oh, it's the mob. That's disappointing. So I feel like this movie came from a producer realizing that that's what people wanted. And it was just like, all right, put together a script. But, you know, don't waste all night on it or anything. <laughs> All this movie was missing is Wilfred Brimley, and it would have been perfect. Oh, 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 oh. I would pay every amount of money. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Patreon goal, like, to watch Keanu Reeves beat the shit out of Wilfred Brimley. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be my everything. Just a complete recreation of Neo fighting Morpheus, but oh, with Wilfred Brimley. Oh. Hell, Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm, I'm going to switch it up. I want to do the first best worst here because we haven't, we've, we've sort of hinted around about it already, but this is the best worst supporting cast, right? It, it very literally, <laughs> because if everybody in this movie was Keanu Reeves level, this movie would make sense, right? This movie would be John Wick, but with lawyering instead of guns. <laughs> but instead, the supporting cast has 10 Oscar nominations and two wins. That makes this really hard to explain, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> any, any other best worsts? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, best worst. We already started to mention this. Best worst Southern accent. <laughs> so... I mean, other than me trying to do Pacino just now, it's the worst <laughs> accent that's ever been uttered. Keanu Reeves tries to do a Southern accent, but it's like it's like the accent's a power move in a video game and has to like charge back up each time. Like it runs out. He'll start a sentence and then like the juice goes down like after five words. Right. And it just turns yes. into like a redneck robot being powered down against its will. It's like, ladies and gentlemen of the Jura, I'm alarmed. Yeah, let's let's put it this way. I, I do a more believable Eli doing Melania Trump than Keanu Reeves a Southern Florida accent here. Well, and, and the fucked up thing about it is that like the only reason that we're not talking about how bad Charlize Theron did with the Southern accent is because Keanu Reeves was also trying to do it, right? Like this also has the second best worst. Yeah, I just want to be on record that that's not the only reason that I have not noticed Charlize Theron's accent in this movie. But, uh. All right, any best worst from you, Andrew? Uh, yeah, uh, this is this movie has legitimately the actual best line in any movie ever. I suspect you know what it is. We're going to get there. Wait, uh, I do not know which is. There's too many choices. I, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, but there's there's one that is uh, head and shoulders above every other line in this movie. Hint, it's a it's a ranking, but we'll get there. Does it involve uh, a rating scale from one to ten? Yeah, yes, <laughs> we will get there. Always. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if there is one place this movie excels, it's in the runtime. So we're going to take a break, but we're going to keep it brief. And when we come back, we'll dive into all the gratuitous boobs and nonsense that are the devil's advocate. Hey, Andrew, uh, while you're here, I, I figure maybe we could bounce a legal question off of you against my better judgment. Sure. OK. I mean, Eli's not here. So, yeah, uh, let's say hypothetically that Noah and I were joking around on the show a couple weeks ago about when you should and shouldn't do CPR on a dying person. And, and, then, and then, hypothetically, let's say that we got those details wrong and a medical professional wrote in and said, holy shit, please don't say wrong stuff about CPR anymore. <laughs> 
Yeah. Does does this have anything to do with why you guys have told me over and over again that the Faith Like Potatoes episode is still in quarantine? What? No. No. Hypothetical. We said hypothetically. Just this is just we're just doing a little thought experiment here. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, look, I cannot imagine that any of our listeners, no matter how casual, could possibly mistake offhand jokes for medical advice. But just to be on the safe side, uh, I again, hypothetically, I would edit out that part of the show for uh, archive listeners. I would clarify on the next uh, recording that you guys are not medical professionals and that nobody should take medical advice from a podcast. Cool. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Theoretically, that probably would be the best. Okay. Or, or we talked about this, man. Okay. But I haven't talked about it with Andrew. Okay. So here's the thing. Uh, Don't tell Eli I said this, but that whole wild card thing uh, isn't catching on like I wanted it to. So, I was thinking maybe my new thing instead of the wild card thing. Oh, do, you, do you, I mean, can we try wild card one more time? Or I, I think we're. Okay, no, 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 forget it. So my new thing could be telling people how to do CPR incorrectly. Like that'd be my thing. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So like, I, like, I, <laughs> no, it, I, I, I understand CPR, uh, but I, it, it, I look. I really don't think it's a good idea to use dispensing bad medical advice as a character affectation. I mean, like, you'd have to be super explicit and... uh, (laughs) No, but, like, I could tell him the butt is involved in CPR. I think it's it's maybe better if we just... But CPR, like an ass and CPR together involved. All right, well, no, that is pretty damn funny, though. Right? Exactly. It's working for Gwyneth Paltrow, I guess. Wild card. And we're back for the breakdown, and we're going to start off at Roy Moore's confirmation hearing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty depressing. We get a cold open on a child who got sexually abused, and she's being embarrassed in cross-examination by lawyer. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a weird pick. Like, Lindsey Graham might as well be yelling at this girl. It's not <laughs> pleasant. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and we need a lot of details of this little girl getting raped at the opening. Don't we have to open with like four minutes of that? So this is Ugh. a this is a court. Keanu is the uh, is the lawyer for the accused pedophile, right? Yeah, yeah. I I, I have the accused pedophile as knockoff Rob Cordry. Um, okay. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> and 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 while the victim is testifying, he starts sweating profusely from his palms. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and they're trying to play this like, uh, you know, he's giving away that he's the pedophile because, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's fidgeting around and, you know, very clearly, uh, masturbating under the table. But at the <laughs> same yeah. time, Keanu Reeves is also tapping his shoe nervously. So I am, I'm, I'm a hundred percent. The first time I saw this, I thought they were both pedophiles, right? Like I thought that was going to be his character flaw. It was really, really weird. Oh, Keanu is not a good actor. Um, I think no. that'll be a running theme today. No. And this is one of those moments just right away. I guess he was like trying to like improv along with that other actor. Like, oh, he's fidgeting. I'm going to play along with that. It's so weird. And at one point, yeah, the, the pedophile 
teacher is the defendant here. Mm-hmm. And he's doing this creepy, like he's like rubbing the table under the table in like the same way that he would have been creepily rubbing this girl who's on the stand. It's, it's disgusting. And him and Keanu lock eyes while this is happening. The pedophile's giving himself the, the over the pants hege under the table, like Andrew said. And Keanu is supposed to be, you know, disgusted probably is what it says in the script. But he's such a bad <laughs> fucking actor that his face wasn't even negative at first. No, it was just oh like, no. so uh, Dutch Rudder or <laughs> no? Okay, sorry. Read Just that wrong. Recognition. It would it would be a step up from where he was. Yeah. And also, I just want to point out that like right away, this movie implies that just because this guy's jerking off in court means he's guilty of the thing he's being charged for. Like if that was true, Eli would be guilty of everything he's ever gone to court for. OK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, this scene hit way too close to home for the past two years. Uh, <laughs> at least Keanu didn't have to open a jar of homemade sneezes. So. You're right. <laughs> yeah. How else were we going to get the sound, though, Andrew? He would have smiled at them, I'm quite certain, though, if he did have to open them. He wouldn't know what yeah. to do. So, Probably smile. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Keanu storms out of the courtroom. He needs a recess. He storms out of the courtroom with his client following behind him, and immediately, as soon as the doors to the courtroom close, he starts yelling about how guilty his client is. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. He walks through the crowded halls of this court building, having, like, a messy couples fight with his defendant, <laughs> with his client, the defendant. Like, I can't fucking believe it. Are you're guilty? Are you serious? You had a you had a calendar that said not raping any students today and everything. What the fuck, man? You can't do that, right? Like you're disbarred for just like shouting out you're guilty, right? Uh, for for shouting in open court, quote. As your attorney, I am advising you to keep the fuck away from me. Yes. Yes. I don't, I don't think you need my expertise. That's the real line, by the way. That's yep. a great line. No, yeah. that, is, uh, that is the line. So, yeah. So, so Keanu pushes him away and he runs off to the bathroom where this journalist catches up with him. Right. And this is where we learn that Keanu Reeves is the 72 dolphins of lawyering. He's he's undefeated. Uh, and I I just don't understand why every lawyer movie thinks that there's some kind of like fantasy lawyer league or like, you know, an AP top 25 poll by, you know, one loss record. It's like, you know, and this yes. guy is like, well, Keanu Reeves is 11 and 0, but, uh, you know, the, the Yankees are up next and uh, they're starting a crappy left-hander. It, it's crazy. <laughs> But Tom Cruise and a few good men was undefeated. He didn't even get to trial. He was bargaining <laughs> him down every time. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so, and by the way, this is a pivotal moment in the film, right? When he interacts with this journalist, because right afterwards he has the, the satanic inspiration of how he's going to win this pedophile case. Yeah, you mean when he like looks into the mirror and does that weird fucking tooth smile? <laughs> I, is that <laughs> like what? I felt like a delayed reaction from a different scene that he had just shot out of order because he's fucking stupid. And they, like, <laughs> there's nothing more fun than watching Keanu's face in this movie. It is the highlight of the movie. It, it's like his acting has a bad Skype connection and he's buffering. <laughs> his acting is buffering. And then he'll do like five emotions in a row super fast. Yeah, to no, catch right, up with himself. right. Exactly. Like, 
There is no relationship between his facial expression and the character's emotion in this film. It's amazing. And again, this is just and this is just highlighted by the fact that he's always across from Charlize Theron or Al Pacino when he's doing that. Right. (laughs) All right. So so we cut back to cross-examination and we learn immediately why the Republicans of the judiciary had to hire a lady to ask their questions, right? So so immediately, Keanu Reeves <laughs> goes out in there and just starts abusing this teenage girl that just talked about her being molested by her teacher. Starts talking about what a naughty, naughty girl she was. Ugh. Ugh. And the key evidence here, he's got surprise evidence. That's the best yeah. kind of evidence. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> That's how it works, though. That's a real thing. Everybody gets one. You get sneak one surprise in each trial. That's the rule. Andrew can Only, back me up on that. You got to come in third or better on all the races in the circuit, and then you get. <laughs> I, 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 can I point out that this piece of surprise evidence is Defense Exhibit A? Right. This is the close yeah. of the trial. Like we should be on Defense Exhibit two hundred and thirty-seven. Right. Like, but no, Fiona, it's, that's A. Right? Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, and his surprise evidence is a note that she was passing where she called her pedophile teacher a name, right? Like, and I'm just like, is Lindsey Graham on the jury? Who's going to be convinced by this? <laughs> oh. Yeah, uh, this is like one of those classic cross examination bits that only work because the script demands it, right? Like, uh, who right. thinks <laughs> demolishing a 14 year old rape victim on the stand with what you wrote in your journal is impeach? Well, I mean, other than Senate Republicans, obviously. Right? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Fuck Lindsey Graham so much. Oh, oh my right. God. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah, no, we're on a delay so evil. between the recording. Jesus we're only Christ. days away from Lindsey Graham's evilness. Some, I can't remember who, but somebody on, on uh, Twitter said uh, his voice sounds like a whites-only drinking fountain. I believe that. I feel like... <laughs> oh. Anyway, so okay, so he, like but, it was like it was like that scene <laughs> from fucking Django with the skull, but it was a senator. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, like I said, we're recording out of order, guys. We're going to be at, in England. So this is very fresh for us still. Okay. So, yeah. So it, Keanu Reeves proves that little girl's a slut. Case closed, right? And actually, that's probably, this was 97. That actually probably is how a lot of these went. And the, the key, though, is that he won the lawyering. Yeah, right. and the and the greatest undefeated, you know, lawyer of all time wins the lawyering by asking a, a, an obvious hearsay question. I mean, I, I don't want to get too much into taking the law in this movie seriously, but yeah, every moment Keanu is speaking is nails on a blackboard in terms of uh, legal legal uh, propriety of of questions in court. So. Did you not enjoy his crowd work though? He was like, <laughs> that was fun while he was cross-examining the, the abuse victim, 12-year-old. Yeah, I, I will tell you, you know, the, the key to lawyering, it's 50% mirror acting and 50% working the crowd, so. Yeah, right. <laughs> Any couples here? Oh, classic. Women are stupid, right? <laughs> right? I'm likable. I win. Yep, that's how it works. So, all right, so Keanu and Charlize Theron head to a bar to celebrate. I, I, my note to open this scene was just drunken hillbilly sounds, right? <laughs> <laughs> so they're trying to drink away the memories, though. You know the the way that lawyers have to when they're done lawyering for the day. That that's true. Like if, honestly, it, well, look, if there is one single message to this movie, is that lawyers are evil. <laughs> 
right? Also true, but keep yeah, going. That's about right. Okay, so, <laughs> all right, so now this is where the, the recruiter stops him, right? The big <laughs> leagues guy. <laughs> okay, but, but real quick, before that happens, he has to go pee, and he says it so silly. He's dancing with <laughs> Charlize Theron, and he's like, I gotta go piss. Like, like a fucking five-year-old. This is 100% Keanu actually having to pee during the scene. And he's five and he's just like, I pee now, number one. I go number roll one. With it. Just roll Order with me it. a juice box while I'm gone. <laughs> See, I interpreted that slightly differently because Charlize Theron bends over a lot in this scene and in uh -huh. this movie. Mm. And I was like, oh, I get it. Keanu Reeves needs to leave the room for five and a half minutes. That makes total sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame though because they have Charlize Theron and, and and eventually you get to see that she can act but like the director has no idea what to do with her except jiggle and bend over for the first 45 minutes of this movie right mm, that's not a terrible idea but she's so talented that is <laughs> that is actually a waste yep yeah yeah so anyway but then then he's he's going to take his piss and a black guy stops him. Now, I have to mention that he's black or you won't get all the funny jokes about him being black. Um, but a black guy stops him and says, hey, we want you to come to New York and be a, like a real lawyer in the big leagues. Is that, is that how that works? Andrew, they send they send their black guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it works exactly like the advanced scout for the Yankees, right? Like they're like, we're, okay. gonna, we're about to call you up to the big. This is your chance, kid. Yeah, no, that's that's how I uh, that's how I wound up in D.C. Um, okay, well, over, there you go. Passed over for New York, but uh, you know, I was able to start in the second division. So, yeah, well, right, right. So that's that's like purgatory. That's good though. That's right. still good. Right, but Keanu thinks it's a trick. Because of the black part, he says, he says, okay, you being black, that was a nice touch. Almost had me. That's okay, the actual like, line. How, that's the actual. How was that a nice touch? He's talking like it's a prank. Like, is he saying that like a black lawyer was like a really good double bluff? Like really a black lawyer? Okay, Mr. Black Lawyer, Mr. Wade Boggs. Like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. A black lawyer does sound something like New York would come up with. I said shave those sideburns. <laughs> All right, so, so he decides he's going to go to New York, but then we have to cut away to a church so that we can get away with reviewing a movie with boobs in it. And this is where we meet Keanu's mom, right? She's the the... Christian hillbilly, trailer trash, Trump voter type. Yeah. yeah, no, she's she's Bobby Boucher's mom. I mean, this is foosball yeah. is of the devil right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we learned that mom doesn't like Charlize Theron because she's working on Sunday and satanic and whatnot. Right. right. Also, mom does not like Jewish people. We learn, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. She gives this whole weird speech about New York being terrible. And like, there's no way they didn't have to cut out some anti-Semitic stuff from that. <laughs> like, there's no way that for like mom's like, let me tell you about New York. 
full of Jews. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> they're like black lawyers, but craftier. Like, okay, cut, <laughs> cut. What did we just say? No, no, it's good. I'm saying they're crafty. That's a good lawyer is crafty. I'm saying that was anti-black, if anything. And you didn't say, you said don't do anti-Jewish stuff. You didn't say anti- Okay, well, now I'm saying anti-black. Or is, yeah, it really it really feels like there was a like you know Jews to demons ADR going on in her speech, but um, but yeah, okay. So they tell mom that they're going to go to New York. She gives a fairly accurate description of New York, but she like she does it in such a way to make fallen Babylon of sin and filled with demons sound like a bad thing. So it still feels like bullshit. And then they and then they leave. They head to New York. So they brought Keanu there to pick a jury. And we have to learn here that he's so good at picking a jury that he's even able to temporarily not be racist in his assessment <laughs> of jurors. Right. That's how they show that he's great at picking juries. I it, oh. and, and, and a jury of New Yorkers. Right. Like, so because when yes. I think, <laughs> who do I want to bring in as an expert on the persona of New Yorkers? I think it's Kentucky Fried Lawyer here. Like, I, it, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh. But what I love about this scene is one of the lawyer. We only ever see him do the cameo right here. Uh, but it's Arnold T. Pants, the lawyer from Fletch, uh, who <laughs> both right. of you know oh, is yes. my team name in every fantasy football league I ever do. <laughs> Uh, and he's got uh, he's got this line to Keanu where he says, "Hey, we're not squeezing oranges here." <laughs> and yeah, it's just great. I love that. He's from Florida. <laughs> um, yeah, right. So Keanu is like, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not racist, so keep the black guy. And I can see through this little old lady act from this bitch, right? Right. Yeah. He gets weirdly specific too. He's like, "Look at her. She's damaged." Look how she tied her scarf slightly askew. I believe I'll pass. And then, like, all of a sudden, he's Hannibal Lecter just profiling her. Like, <laughs> yeah. Look at her butterfly necklace. The significance <laughs> of the butterfly is change. Caterpillars. <laughs> chrysalis. Or pupa. She was assaulted by a left-handed Croatian man. She wants revenge. Pass. on Like, so specific. And nobody questions it. Everybody's no, like, oh, okay, like, yeah, yeah, no, that, no, that everything you said makes sense. I didn't sense. notice how askew that kerchief we'll just was. Pass on, like, somebody should have circled back to that at least. Just like, okay, okay, well, I was fucking weirdly confident. We'll pass on six, but, like, let's come back to the knowing about the details of rape scarves guy that <laughs> yeah. we just hired for our law firm. Maybe, maybe we take a week for the FBI to look into that or something before we hire nah, you all the way. That shit now. All right, so now he's got to go to work. To meet Mr. Milton. <laughs> Clever. <laughs> subtle. That's really yeah. subtle. <laughs> right. <No>. So. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so he goes to this law firm, which, okay, from the way the view is presented here, is this building in the river? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, this, this was shot in Trump Tower, actually. Oh, was it really? Was it really? But the view, the view would suggest that Trump Tower uh, just, when it feels like it, it just hovers in the middle of the East River. Like okay. they just slide it right out there for it the view. certainly seemed to have a 360 degree riverside view. <laughs> um, this is also where we meet the hot redheaded girl whose name has an accent even when the rest of her doesn't. 
Oh, she's the Connie Nielsen. She's the bizarro Charlize in this movie. She's yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, this is this is perhaps the least believable part of the movie. Like, okay, look, I love redheads and all, but like, <laughs> they're they're like, uh, well, obviously he would want to cheat on a twenty-year-old Charlize Theron. Like, I, uh, okay, sure. Yeah. Boss. Just, uh, Boss. Right. Okay. Uh, also, is this how lawyers dress in your experience, Andrew? Like high-powered Manhattan lawyer? Is she going to be wearing like a pornographic red pants suit, like a Hillary Clinton-themed stripper? Is that standard? <laughs> I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm just asking. When you're being escorted through the firm's mausoleum or wherever they are at this point? Like, I, I don't know what the appropriate outfit is for that. <laughs> yeah. Business stripper casual. That's weird. Yeah, so, you know, right. it's hard to, hard to decide. So, okay. So he gets to Al Pacino's office. Satan has an automatic door. It, that's <laughs> not the only way that he's like the Piggly Wiggly. But yeah, so that this is the exposition bit, right? So Al Pacino's saying like, yeah, tell me about yourself in, you know, 40 words or less. We got we got boobs to get to here. But um and this is where he tells him that he was a prosecutor and he was undefeated as a prosecutor. And then he became a defense attorney and he's still undefeated because that's how lawyers are measured. Win-loss ratio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I just love, this is just one of many, many moments when we get to watch Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves acting in the same frame. <laughs> it's maybe literally the best and worst actor in all of movies during my lifetime. <laughs> yes. It, or close to it. And it's so great to watch. It's like Asa Akira trying to do porn with me. Just <laughs> like Pacino's trying so hard to help him out too, but Keanu's like all clumsy and sweaty and Pacino's working the character and chewing the scenery and like looking over at Keanu every so often, making eye contact. Keanu's just terrified. Every time they go from from Pacino's face to Keanu's face, it's like, oh, now should I should I act again? <laughs> oh, like, like right now? So okay, good. Sorry, sorry. No, just keep rolling, keep rolling. I will act starting now. And and and, and that uh, that porn comparison is is apt in more ways than one because there is a good solid fifteen seconds where Pacino mimes giving Keanu a blowjob. I'm not the only one who saw that, right? Like he does the whole <laughs> like, yeah. I I was. Yeah, I, I I understand chewing the scenery, but I had no idea what was going on there. I, I oh. yeah, okay. So what <laughs> the the reason we're able to survive through this scene is because we were weaned onto it by watching him act across from Charlize Theron earlier, and and so that's the only way we were able to even take this. But but it, this is the whole scene where he like you know they offer him the job and he basically makes the deal with the devil, right? Yeah, yeah, and and and, and let's just. Be be a hundred percent clear here. What Keanu confesses to, right? He confesses to listening in a glory hole in the men's room into the jury box, right? <laughs> yes. Into the jury deliberation room, <laughs> and and that's monstrous, right? Like I, I mean, I know we're making <laughs> yes. jokes and all, but like you you don't even confess that to the devil. If that's what you're doing as a lawyer, like you take that one to the grave. Oh my god! I mean, literally blowing the jury would be less unethical than Correct. like listening Correct. to them deliberate yeah. through that. That hole, right? Yeah, I, I mean, don't take legal advice from this podcast or anything, but yes, absolutely. That. <laughs> All right, so then we cut to the, what I can only describe as 
the lawyer version of the Monday night football rosters, right? Where each of the lawyers is introducing themselves one at a time. Just throwing a football back and forth between their hands, yes. telling their position. <laughs> They're all different races, too, for some yep. reason. Yep. It's just, it's like a brochure for supervillain law school. Like, <laughs> <laughs> brochure for Yale Law School. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I love the idea that this is that this is the MNF intro because uh, that I'm going to start giving my legal credentials as being ball so hard universities. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so we we meet all of the other lawyers the only one that will matter is hot red-headed lady uh um, not and- not true principal rooney will also matter oh no oh, that's he right will super duper matter jeffrey jones is in it yeah he's fully recovered from the howard the duck incident um, by which I mean the film Howard the Duck. The film? <laughs> yeah. So, and this is also where they put him on the Moyes case. He's got he's to defend Delroy Lindo for slitting a goat's throat. Can't do oh, that. Oh, yeah. Inside city lines. City of Hialeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And he's, it, he's, it, uh, he's, not, he's not technically a New York approved lawyer yet, which means, I believe... He would need to work pro hoc vice. Is that correct, Andrew? <laughs> and, and, and is indeed the correct use of the term. Uh, They're so yeah, proud of themselves. You <laughs> <laughs> might as well look at Andrew and bring him onto the. Andrew, come in. Come into yeah. the frame. Andrew, pro hoc vice, right? Right? Andrew says yes. Yeah, I've, okay. yes. I've written this down on my palm, and uh, I'm going to call you Joe. Okay? I wrote it phonetically, of course. <laughs> All right, and then we have to cut back to Charlize not being able to handle having money. She's trying to pick out fabric, but it's just too 18th century Italian silk for her. And then, but then, fucking Keanu shows up and buys it like a boss, right? He's good at buying. 18th century Italian silk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He he comes in and his line is, we'll take it at 1400 You know, like he's just crossed over from, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a stockbroker movie from the 80s. Like, <laughs> right. the thing you want from your lawyer is to come immediately into a situation you know nothing about and make a snap judgment, right? Like, that's, that's how you know you're dealing with the greatest of all time here. Oh, it's the best. He lawyers the shit out of that fabric deal. Just <laughs> runs in there. Anacott Steel, 1400. Done. Like, all right, relax. Like, I mean, I've seen Andrew do this, though. Remember when we went to the rib place in Asheville? Andrew runs in there. It's like 10 by 10 at 10. We'll take it. <laughs> They're like 10 racks, 10 sides, $10. What? That's crazy. Andrew's like, oh, well, you didn't let me finish. 10 by 10 at 10. Hawk Viche and Curie Latin. Yes. And they were like, oh, shit. These are not the droids we're looking for. Deal. (laughs) Yeah, no, I got to say, Andrew, I've said it before. Andrew is to ribs as Keanu Reeves is to 18th century Italian silk. Um, (laughs) That that meat van, I could still smell the pineapple habanero in my pores. Oh, and the chipotle blueberry. That was so good. We ate so much meat (laughs) in that ride home. It was, we ordered genuinely, I think, 
conservatively a dozen racks of ribs and <laughs> ate eight of them between four each on the way home. Wow. Yeah, it was that All was right, spectacular. So- Moving, moving on to the movie, an experience we all share. Um, he has to, Keanu has to go see Delroy Lindo now, right? He's got to go see the Satanist in the basement. Yeah. Yep. And, and his line is definitely, is very bad to steal Joe Boo's rum. Is very bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And Delroy Lindo, he's he's supposed to be like a Haitian guy because that you Haitian guys all do voodoo apparently for Satan, and, yeah, yeah, right <laughs> for Satan exactly. And Delroy Lindo's trying to do a Haitian accent here, and it's almost as bad as Keanu being <laughs> oh, <southern>. right. <laughs> he's, and, like the movie. To, I maybe it was Delroy Lindo, maybe the idiots who made the movie. They told him they're like, oh yeah, Haitian. They speak French. They do a snooty Parisian French accent. <laughs> In Haiti. <laughs> so he's like, uh, no, uh, sorry. Uh, and now, uh, you say, I amer these nails into this tongue. <laughs> yes. it's, it's so ridiculous. But yeah, he's going to do, he's going to do some voodoo. He's going to hammer nails into a beef tongue to fuck with the prosecution against him. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key to the scene that, and that black people are scary. So then we and we cut back and forth between Charlie is trying to be rich, right, and failing, and Keanu lawyering the shit out of it, right? Oh, oh my God! And there, and there, so no, number one, uh, I'm I'm only for you guys. I am breaking my ironclad rule, which is I only discuss montages that are set to Survivor. You want to sing a little burning heart? We could, we could. Okay, I was going to go Eye of the Tiger. That's fine. Fair, fair. We do burning heart. We're going to go deep into their catalog like that. It's relax. People want to hear Eye of the Tiger, man. Yeah. Play Freebird. Don't be a dick. What they wheel in is they wheel in the cart that has the New York City health code on it. Uh, you can clearly see the book labeled Penal Law up front. There are a couple of novels. There are a whole bunch of like those mustard colored. Those are just reporters, right? Like they just carry the cases. I'm not, this is not even a joke, right? Like this is just whatever they went to like a dumpster and pulled out like, oh, that's kind of law looking. Let's stick it on. Oh my God. <laughs> yep. I just want to point out better props in jury duty. They'd probably bring him a copy of Moby Dick, too, huh? That's a thicken. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, and then they and then they cut back over to uh, Charlie's throne, uh, picking out colors for their apartment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's with uh, the wife of of the uh, the black lawyer guy. They're their neighbors in that fancy apartment. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 medical examiner from Law and Order SVU, actually. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Connie Nielsen also in SVU. Weird little connection. Anyway, yeah, so she's helping Charlize pick out colors, and she's like, uh, how about green? Charlize is like, I like green. What about green? And the lady's like, okay, well, not with your complexion, dear. Not with your complexion. <laughs> like, okay, that was racist, right? <laughs> like, I know she's a black lady, and Charlize is white, and I think South African, so this is really awkward for me to say, but I felt like that was racist. Like, all right, lady, why don't you black explain to me a little more about what colors I can paint the walls of my cracker skin, my Afrikaner white skin. Whatever. I was offended. Uh, apparently yeah, just me. No, I'm, yeah, That's fine. No. 
All right. I'm, so I'm going to have to do disclaimers for this one next week, aren't I? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So then we cut to Keanu presenting exhibit grade A in court, right? Because <sighs> you like to go to court with props. <laughs> you like to go in with some props. The judges love it when you use props. <sighs> so yeah. he's arguing that it, it, apparently his defense of the goat slaughtering is what my client did was no crueler than making veal. I don't feel like that's exculpatory, right? <laughs> Nor is what my client did was no crueler than circumcision or it, it, it doesn't make any less sense than wine turning into blood. Like none of those are good arguments. I don't know, maybe from a legal perspective, but just from a logical perspective, <laughs> they're not good arguments. Yeah, that was that was weird. The prop was weird. But the uh, Jewish-themed argument from Keanu to the <laughs> clearly Jewish judge was a little weirder. I, he's like, yeah, okay, so everybody relax. My client killed a goat. Um, I mean, it's not like he was mutilating the penis of a human baby. <laughs> like, Jewish people, judge, <laughs> Jewish, <laughs> you're Jewish. Ju judge the judge Goldstein, is Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> judge Goldstein, Jewish, Jew. I move for a dismissal. And the judge is like, Okay, well, you're talking about a law protecting kosher butchering. That's what you're like. I happen to know about cash root law, and uh, and guys like I'm aware. Uh, mazel l'chaim, uh, us gold. I'm nailing this Jewish thing. It's so weird. Well, but it doesn't matter because you, you see, at this point, Delroy's Lindo's magic spell kicks in, and the bad guy, the other lawyer can't lawyer because he's coughing and lawyering works like chess. If you don't make your move in a certain amount of time, the other lawyer wins by default. Uh, I, I, apparently. I am, you, you, you could, you could probably tell from my lusciously husky voice here. I've been recuperating from a, a cold for the past week and a half. And like that, you don't just default somebody in court because their lawyer is coughing. Like that would be bad. I, I, yeah. Are you sure? Are you yeah. sure? Because, like, as I as I understand the law, Andrew Torres, <laughs> if, an, if an attorney has a coughing fit, if it's yeah. long enough, more than fifteen seconds, it's like being dizzy in Street Fighter Two. Like you're just you can <laughs> do whatever you want at that point. It's like uh, it's like you have Starman, or like it's like a yeah. power play in hockey. Like the, like the prosecution's yeah. down a guy, and they only have one guy, they so they have bring nobody. The whole and, and, yeah. and the judge would just be like, okay, uh, that coughing's super obnoxious. That guy loses. Any objections? Uh, no, just coughing gavel. That's how it works. I've been to many trials. You should look that up. You should so, look that up. Yeah. I'll, keep, I'll keep that one in mind. Thanks. All right. So now, so he wins the lawyering again, and Keanu and Al wander through the city together uh, so that Al Pacino can give him this just terrible like if you ignore al pacino and just imagine these as words on paper this is one of the dumbest speeches in the history of movies but it's al pacino so of fucking course sure yes absolutely his analogy involves him not just fucking a beautiful woman but over fucking her apparently it doesn't matter because it's al pacino oh it's amazing yeah He's explaining to, to Keanu how he has to, like, 
be a sneak attack as a lawyer. He's like, you got to be the little guy, innocuous, ha, the nerd, ha, 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 the leper, the shit-kicking surfer <laughs> is, one, is one of the exact words. <laughs> what? And two things. Uh, I feel like lepers are innocuous. You got, you know, <laughs> body parts like falling off everywhere. That's, that's going to catch the eye. But also... Pacino definitely threw in the surfer thing just to fuck with yes, Keanu. No, yes. like absolutely. There's an outtake somewhere and he's like, little guy, shit kicking surfer, point break. You made that movie so much fucking worse. You, were all like, you gave Swayze the cancer with your acting. He died of your acting. Well, you're, and- you're, can- you're acting at way below 50 miles an hour. You're the worst. <laughs> Somehow you're going to get the Matrix. What the fuck, man? Yeah, right. Will Smith was up for that part. How did that happen? <laughs> you know, if if Pacino is nagging Keanu here, that makes sense of the dialogue in which he's like, we're billing you out at $400 an hour, which I got to tell you, even in 1997 in New York was like, so basically you're a first year associate that uh, we can't make any money. Like, like lawyers were making 1500 an hour. Hour in New York in 1997. So, yeah. Uh, but now it makes sense. Yeah, no, it's like, <laughs> I would have yeah. loved for them to throw in like the, you know, the dollar amount on that rent in this film as well. It would have been like, that's 850 bucks a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> uh, we also get one of my favorite Pacino lines in a two and a half hour movie of my favorite Pacino lines. He says, <laughs> I'm the hand up Mona Lisa's skirt. Which is just so good. Like, that's so Pacino. Only because it's Pacino, though. Yeah, right. Otherwise, it's just gross. Otherwise, it's like our president. But, like, Pacino doing it is amazing. I feel like he just walks around in everyday life. He's got to talk like this. Like, he's got to use it whenever. Just, like, everywhere he goes. Like, I'm out of order. This whole deli line's out of order. Are you kidding me? I would do that. All right, so Keanu gets home, and they've got a big party to go to, him and him and Charlize Theron. And he has to promise not to leave her alone in there because the person who wrote this movie had to have something for a woman to stress out about, so it was being left alone for more than 13 minutes and decorating, right? That's what they came up with. <laughs> right. Problems that plague women. And, and, and being left alone... At a cocktail party, right? Like, I mean, that's the entire purpose of going to a cocktail party is to meet people other than the person you came with. Like, I, Yeah, no, it, it's I, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. And I want to point out that this movie, again, made in 97, when everyone's hanging around the Satan party in the movie, someone literally says Donald Trump was supposed to be here. <laughs> right that's that's an actual line in the movie if a bunch of people who are evil are standing around together in a fucking movie you have to mention you have to explain why donald trump isn't in that room oh it's great i wanted him to like walk in late to the party just with a bedpan in his hand like satan i made it let's get this pee party going oh, <laughs> oh. hey thought, thought everybody's gonna be on board with that right away okay. <laughs> And, okay, then we have to get the bit where Al Pacino is flirting with Charlize Theron at the party. Oh, 
Ugh. This is this is like the bizarro universe of the John Travolta Uma Thurman scene from Pulp Fiction, right? Like it's the <laughs> exact opposite of whatever flirting is supposed to be. Like, uh, ooh, my entire skin crawled this whole scene. It was just gross. Oh, it was oh, mad strong uncomfortable. Dis- strong dis- I leaned in for the kiss with Pacino oh. a couple of different times on my screen. <laughs> if his dick was out, I would have leaned in for the blow at this point. Like he... <laughs> He's having like I wanted to pull back my hair when he told her to pull back her. I wanted to show off my shoulders still. <laughs> <laughs> and as if that was bad flirting. I mean, at least in that case, you had bad lines, but two great actors. Now we're gonna cut to Keanu uh, flirting with the with the hot redhead. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. <sighs> Keanu makes even scripted flirting seem horribly awkward. <laughs> yeah, right. Like worse than me at a bar just like stabbing myself in the eye while I'm trying to flirt. It's so bad. <laughs> like at one point this is he's he's flirting with Connie Nielsen, the yeah. uh the redhead lawyer, and at one point she asks him a question and there's obviously a scripted answer that he's supposed to say and he just smiles at her silently like he's having a happy little stroke and he says nothing nothing he might as well say buffering buffering just give me a second it's so good yeah and and as a result connie has to explain what she really means when she said you like to be on top right and then she's like oh, for- uh, i mean in court because you know uh, 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 of course we need that explanation uh, I, I i expected the next line to be i mean nudge nudge say no more squire like <laughs> <laughs> penis. <laughs> so, <laughs> Did you say cough penis? I said cough penis. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I also love another great thing about this whole scene is that we keep cutting in like in the middle of a lawyer's conversation or at the very end of it. And every one of these is a fucking gem, right? So they're like, like oh, so I was picking my teeth with a bone of his children's fingers when he said, oh, excuse sorry, what did you need? Is that a record needle? Yeah. Yeah. I also had a record needle while we were talking about the bones and the teeth of the child. Yep. So good. So Al Pacino, an emergency comes up. He has to pull uh, uh, Keanu and and, uh, Eddie Barzun, that's Jeffrey Jones' character, out of the meeting or out of the party so they can talk about this new emergency. One of their biggest clients, who is very clearly based on Donald Trump, uh, got charged with murdering his whole family. And they're going to give this case to Keanu because he's (laughs) the only criminal lawyer that they have in this firm. They just have the one (laughs) lawyer for crime. Principal Rudy has has just the best line here, right? Which I think is, I I think this was ad lib because he looks over and he's like, you're going to take the firm's most important client and you're going to give it to, uh, excuse me, Kevin? which is Keanu's name in this movie. And it is just, it's like, I know it took three takes for him not to say, and you're going to give this to Keanu here who can't act his way out of a one paper bag? (laughs) You're going to cast Keanu in another movie? Al Pacino. That's fucking crazy. Aren't they doing Speed 8 or something? Can we get this guy out of here? God. We also get another one of my favorite, favorite Pacino lines in this movie. They're in his bedroom at this point, right? And they're all like, Pacino's not in there yet. And they're just oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. This is his room. Like, where does he sleep? There's no bed. And, and that's when Pacino walks in. And and, uh, and they're like, okay, well, he doesn't sleep in it. Where does he fuck? And Pacino's right behind him at that point. He's like, 
everywhere. <laughs> oh, everywhere. I'm Al Pacino. It's so good. I fuck everywhere. Just like pan over and he's fucking David Blaine stuck outside of the window. Like, oh, so good. What? Yeah. No, that's that would have been a great place to go with this scene. Okay. So, so now Keanu gets back to his apartment and Charlie's just pissed because he left her at the party and couldn't just say, hey, let me tell my wife I'm going upstairs real quick because he's an asshole, apparently. And, and, and Charlize's argument is not great here, right? Like she began, she's like, you just left me there for an over for three hours just trying to fuck out. But you, oh, uh, wait, 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 I'm going uh, <laughs> to come in again. <laughs> yeah. And she was by herself for three hours at the fanciest fucking party I've ever seen. <laughs> like just eat some lobster and drink some Pappy Van Winkle and enjoy yourself. <laughs> Don't be an asshole. <laughs> All right, so then we cut to him meeting up with with Mr. Incredible. Coach is the, uh, the the murder suspect, Craig T. Nelson, and they've got to sell him on using this redneck lawyer they just flew in from Jacksonville, Florida the other day, right? <laughs> and this is where Al Pacino mutters one of my favorite lines in the movie where he tells Craig T. Nelson that, you know, him going on trial will be, quote, one of those classic New York style pig fucks. Those are the lines they gave to one of the greatest actors in the history of film. Now you guys, you guys are you guys are New Yorkers. I I, I am not. So can you tell me what goes into they're a classic New York They're better than Chicago pig style fuck? pig fucks. So they, they're, well, they're, it's the, I know it, I know about like indie modern New York pig fucks, but classic. <laughs> I didn't know there was like an old timey version. I thought that was like a new thing. Whatever. So, yeah, it's just like this movie kept striking me with this weird combination of great actors and terrible lines and Keanu Reeves. Um, but yeah, but he sells him on he sells him on the idea that he should be his lawyer going forward, right? Yeah. I'm trying to think of a job I'd want Keanu for less than being my defense lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> like a uh, personal astronaut? Like, well, no. <laughs> No. Surgeon, like surgeon, is all I could think of. Actor across from Al Pacino, I, yeah, I don't know, just throwing it out there. All right, so now we okay, we have to cut back to Charlize Theron because she's rich lady shopping because it's time for boobs. Mm. So yeah. uh, the wife of the black lawyer dude has to talk Charlize into touching her boobs because they're like, look, nothing has really happened in this movie except Al Pacino, so <laughs> gotta have something else to sell. <laughs> it, uh, it, in fairness, every woman I've ever met who's had a boob job behaves, right? It's just like, oh, come on over here, touch them, see how, you know, realistic they feel. So I I, I felt like there was a lot of uh, verisimilitude in this scene. Okay, all yeah. right. I, I always get used as the control in that experiment, and it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, so she bandies her boobs around for a little while, and then she gets evil demon face, like like late nineties best we could do CGI. 
And, oh, and she gets the Ripley boobs. Too. Yeah, demon boobs too. Oh, yeah. e- evil demon face Ripley boobs should be a porn category. That yeah. was <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, we're, we're we're all still still into it, right? I just want to make make me. Oh sure yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> I've got standards, but they're not high. I mean, <laughs> all right. So then we go back to the apartment. So now Charlize is telling Keanu Reeves about seeing demons while she was awake. And he's angry at her. <laughs> I love I love Keanu. He tries to help here. Like he's trying to be the husband who's helpful, but it's so half-assed. He's like, uh, I don't know. Maybe you saw a demon because you cut your hair. <laughs> <laughs> what? She says, I knew you didn't like my hair. And he says, no, I like it. I just think it's a little traumatic. Traumatic? That's <laughs> the... Uh, you didn't want her to feel bad, so you described her hairdo as traumatic? <laughs> what do you think that means, writers, Keanu? Would you feel better about uh, seeing the demons if I impregnate you right yeah. now? Would that make you feel better? <laughs> you want a you soda and a fetus? <laughs> Go get you a soda and a fetus. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's his suggestion, though. He's like, oh, you're suffering from a mental illness. What if I impregnate you? That would be better, right? That would cure your mental illness, being a mom. (laughs) And so so they fuck, right? And it's one of these stupid fucking movie things where people are always fucking on the floor and shit. Like, you own a bed. Like, it doesn't matter how turned on you are. It would always be better to fuck on a bed then the floor, as soon as you started fucking on the floor, you'd be like, oh, this is why people don't fuck on floors. That would be stupid. Yeah. But, I mean, if I lived in that apartment, I'd A, want to fuck all over that, like, classic eight apartment just on every surface as, like, a policy. <laughs> but, I don't, I, like, I'd get a little, like, I'd want to fuck on the steps of the Met. Like, you're right across from the Met. I'm fucking on the steps of the Met at some point. No question. All right, so, but then... As they're fucking, she starts like turning into the redhead. Like she's switching between Charlie's Theron and I'm sorry, what's Connie? Connie Nielsen. Nielsen. Mm, yeah. Great switch back and forth. Both yeah. sides of the switch. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah. You could do worse. And then we get a little toe sucking here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not, not start sucking a toes. No, <laughs> enthusiastic toe oh, sucking. Yeah. And like you could see, like Charlize Theron's like, all right, man, that's you don't don't try to improv. That's gross. It's so good. But yeah, they're they're switching back and forth. And at one point they switch, you know, from Connie Nielsen to Charlize. And Keanu looks back at Charlize now and she's like, Kevin, make love to me. You're my husband. And he gives this blank stare again. He he does this all the time. He might as well spit up like a baby onto his bib. Like he just does not know what to do. And then he's trying, oh, acting again. Sorry, sorry. Fuck you. Yeah, but apparently she figures out that he's thinking about that lady from Gladiator and doesn't want to fuck him anymore, right? So. (laughs) Right. And she says, she says, Kevin, where are you? Like she catches him. (laughs) And she asks him, and it's a weird moment. It's like, all right, let me ask you something uh, real quick. Are you thinking about fucking an Italian demon lady lawyer right now? Because that's that's the look I saw on your face. That's what yeah. I just saw. <laughs> it might as well have been. Anyway, so Keanu uh, Reeves' mom from the beginning comes to visit, too. She comes to visit him in <laughs> New York. 
This is where they have to fight through all the lawyer paparazzi. Yeah, yeah, that's a real thing. That is 100% a real thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure it happens to you all the time. Uh, it's just in Canada with a, a, a yeah. paparazzi that we don't know. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know where the paparazzi that follow me are now. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. At, at summer camp, I had paparazzi all the time. I'm, I'm famous pro hoc viche in Canada. <laughs> All right, so then we we get the scene, the elevator scene with Al Pacino. He's heading up to the top floor to fuck Connie Nielsen and an Asian chick. And Keanu is riding up with his wife and his mom. And Al Pacino <laughs> is that asshole friend who doesn't know to fucking turn it down a little bit when I'm with my wife and my mom. You know, it's like because he's just basically going, hey, you want to fuck a couple of lesbians with me upstairs? Oh, your mom. And you and your wife. <laughs> They're funny. turning into serpents right now. All I said was, oh, but but let's be clear here. Al Pacino hits on Keanu Reeves's mom in the elevator while holding these two lesbians that he's about to go have a threesome. It, it's pretty great. I mean, I, I, I yeah. got to admit. <laughs> oh, yeah. He wants to make sure all his options are. Are open. So, okay. So the next day, Keanu wakes up to a lawyer emergency, right? There's a, everything's in the news about his client and it's bad. And just as he's about to rush off to work, his mom stops him. She's like, I have to go home. I know we just did the fucking scene where we established that I'm here, but this city is too satanic and I need to leave because I'll go insane like your wife or whatever, right? At, at, it was right about this time when I realized if you watch this movie as an atheist, right? So if, if you assume that that no magic is actually going on, then it's just a movie about Charlize Theron going insane and ruining Keanu Reeves's life. Like it's it's pretty great from that. Yeah, point, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and his mother blaming it on demons like, you know, like it's right because it's this movie. But in real life, that's some scary, dangerous shit that people actually do. And blame the mental illness on the demons anyway so yeah so now we have to get him like lawyer and like a motherfucker we have to learn that uh oh this is the part where like like super late in the movie they introduce that there's a justice department commission looking into this law firm oh yeah right? and, and if you're wondering how that's gonna pay off it not <laughs> at all like uh, two-thirds of the way well, into of. a 97-hour movie, we need a subplot about a DOJ investigation. That Yeah, <laughs> fucking what? <laughs> so, okay, so now we, we get uh, – Keanu is, is going to go to a boxing match with Al Pacino, um, but they, they're getting there via the subway. And this – we have to talk about this scene. This is the one where he starts fucking with the, the gang-looking read Hispanic guy. That is on the subway with him. That was a weird moment. This, yeah, this like obviously like Latino thug in the script just starts fucking with Al Pacino and Keanu, and Pacino's just like, uh, "Your wife is doing crack with your buddy Carlos right now." Just so you know, and they're about to three, two, yep. Now they're having butt sex on your special <laughs> green blanket, which is a weird detail. But he's saying this in Spanish to the guy. He's saying it in. Pacino Spanish, but in Spanish and like nobody on the subway, this New York subway speaks Spanish and is like, dude, what the fuck, man? Like my kids are right here. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? 
Yeah, and, and, and let's be clear, right? This movie is not subtle about how Al Pacino is the devil, and yet it is totally believable that Keanu Reeves never figures that out. I mean, he's basically <laughs> Lois Lane throughout this entire movie. Like, yes! Yeah, I never asked you to take your glasses off. It's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> so they go to the boxing match. I only bring that scene up because Don King is in the movie, and I'm like, oh, that's a guy who stubbed a human being to death. They put him in movies. Still, wow, and and then they go to uh, the the club where Pacino introduces him to a bunch of other hot women. Oh right, yeah, he's, yeah. The, the restaurant with Pacino's like dancing with like he's flamenco dancing on stage with the performers and like playing the trumpet with the mariachi band and everything. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Also, uh, at one point, he commands one of these ladies to blow him under the table very clearly, and then. He locks eyes again with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Once again, Keanu <laughs> is terrified. He's just like, ah, act, I need to act. I also act. Oh, line. it's so it, every t yeah, line exactly. Every time Keanu has another line, we get to watch him like start acting again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know how Dennis Miller talks about the moment when white people begin dancing? That's like, that's Keanu. Like, Keanu begins acting like super hard transition. Like, he's trying to jump into a double dutch. It's the best. Oh he's like shaking off single, signals like a pitcher. He's nervous, throws over to first base before he starts acting. It's so good. All right, so, okay, now we cut to Charlize Theron, who is apparently the only one of these characters who's in a horror movie up to this point. So she wakes up. She's having a creepy dream. So she wanders through her apartment, and she finds a naked baby in her living room, which she seems insufficiently concerned about a random naked baby in her apartment. Yeah, and, and again, we've we've gone on at great length about how subtle this movie is. This is not just a naked baby; it's a naked baby playing with dead ovaries. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. you know. that's the big <laughs> that's the big reveal. She goes, "Hey, what are you playing with, there, strange baby in my apartment?" And she, he turns around, he's like, oh, "I have ovaries. These are disemboweled it's ovaries." It might as well be Pacino's voice, just like, "Oh, these your ovaries. <laughs> I have your ovaries." It's so jarring. Yeah, so she wakes up, and now we're we're post dream. Keanu's trying to talk her into not being insane anymore, right? Right. Yeah, she's she's acting crazy about this. Like she had a hallucination about the baby, the ovaries, obviously. And we get one of my favorite Keanu lines too. He goes, "Mayor, I'm confused," and it's the only believable line Keanu <laughs> the entire movie. Because I mean, like genuinely, like. I'm confused is the entire acting wheelhouse of Keanu Reeves. That is all he has. <laughs> Where he excels. Yeah. But okay. But then he has, gets a phone call. His wife is clearly losing her fucking mind, but he's not going to like miss a phone call over that. <laughs> it's so good. Keanu gets the emotion of zero moments in this movie. She's having a mental breakdown. And he stops the conversation to take, yes, a phone call. He's like, yeah, ovary's gone. Shh. 
just sparked it up. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, nope. My phone just, I, my, I got a buzz on my cell phone now. Hold on. J going both ways. Triple letter. Nailed it. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> taking a phone call. Taking a phone call. Shh, shut up. Shut up. Shh, what? No way. Okay. You said you're barren or something. Can you hurry it up? I got it. I really do have to take this. You go first and then I'm going to take this. Yep. That's it. That's the conversation. Uh, because because the phone call he gets is super important. It's it's new information about the Craig T. Nelson case, right? It's actually the same. They can only think of one thing to have happen. So it's the same thing that was on the newspaper earlier. Right? <laughs> am I am I crazy here? That okay. Uh, oh no. And 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 let's be clear here. Again, the greatest lawyer of all time, his line is that's hearsay that never gets in. That is, in fact, the exact wrong answer here, right? Like, so if the declarant is not available, hearsay can be admissible. <laughs> a bunch of exceptions mm. apply, right? Here, right? Like, Cullen is the person who made this with with a person who's unable to, you know, to because his wife is unavailable to testify because presumably he killed her, right? It's it's arguably a statement against interest. Uh, it probably falls under the catch-all exception. All I'm saying is the law in this movie is terrible. That's all. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Andrew didn't know about the power play with the Starman <laughs> and the Street Fighter Two Stars thing. I, I don't know if I could trust Andrew to say that. Yeah, no. I mean, only one of our podcasts has to tell people constantly not to take their legal advice. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, That's bad, bad, fair. <laughs> so, all right, but then we get the whole scene where Al Pacino's like, I, "I think we should take you off the Craig T. Nelson case," and Keanu's like, "But then what?" Would the fucking plot be, though, really? <laughs> really? Also, I'm a small child, and reverse psychology works amazing on me, <laughs> the best lawyer in Manhattan. Yes! I'm not going to quit the case. I mean, let's not pass over the fact here that Keanu Reeves does not realize. Like, I don't care. You can be Keanu Reeves' level of stupid, and you have to get the idea that your client having an ironclad alibi for the night of the murder is a good thing and not a bad thing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but not Keanu, apparently. No. No. He just dives into a briar patch and starts pouring tar over his head. <laughs> Am I doing it right? The double bluff, right? Double? A black lawyer? Whatever. Okay. Come on. All right. Well, since this movie just has a keep going until the credits start flow to it, we're going to call that the end of Act 2, and we're going to take ourselves a break. But first, let me give Act 3 the hard sell here. Will Al Pacino, Al Pacino the fuck out of this thing before it's all over? Will he suddenly forget that he's not Incentive a Woman Part 2 when it's Al Pacino? <laughs> Does it fucking matter? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the full frontal conclusion of The Devil's Advocate. Mr. Torres, please, please come in. Don't mind if I do. So, we've been whining and dining you for a week now. Just, no, I guess help yourself to as many butterscotches as you want. But anyway, it's time for you to make a decision. Would you like to join our firm or not? Yeah. So, look, I, I, I just have one question, and nobody's been willing to answer it, and it's, it's pretty important to me. All right, what is it? How, how, do, I, how do I put that? What, you're, the, you're the devil, right? What? Me? The t no? No. I'm just not the the devil. I, 
look, I it, I I see what you're going for with the Beal Z Bub nameplate, but but Beal isn't even a first name, so it's it's Dutch. And we are very clearly in hell. What? what? Hell? Uh, no, this is uh, this is my fi- fireplace. Uh, then who's doing all the screaming in the background? The paralegals. That uh, fair. That 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 could be true. Uh, but but that doesn't change anything. You are clearly still the devil. Well, you know what? It turns out you're as clever as we hope. That's right, Andrew. I am the devil, and I need you on my legal team. Right. I mean, that, that that's my question. Right? I, I did. I I get it. But but why would the devil need lawyers? I mean, you, you have magic. I do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter if I come up with a good defense on the whole goat slaughtering thing if the defendant can just hex people with voodoo, right? Yeah. No, you know what? That that makes perfect sense, actually. And it it just seems, in most cases, Satan magic would work better than, you know, strongly worded letters on my official letterhead. No, no, I get that. I, I see what you mean now. So, so again, why do you need lawyers? I, uh, do not, I guess. <laughs> I'll just use the magic. Wow, you know, you just saved me a ton of money, man. Thanks. You're, you're, you're welcome. Okay, so, like, obviously, <laughs> we're not doing the job offer anymore, but, uh, you want to get a beer? We're, we're recording in advance, but I'm, I'm betting Brett Kavanaugh will be celebrating by now. Yeah, yeah, oh, uh, n- n- he really not, likes not really. Oh, okay. And, right. and also, I, how'd you get my number? Oh, Eli Bosnick recommended you. Close friend. Close friend. Yeah. Yeah, I, I figured that that makes a lot of sense. Hangs out here, you know, on the weekends. I fucked up, dude. <laughs> fucked up, dude. <laughs> and we're back for more of this shit. We're going to pick up the action in honor of our esteemed guest during the opening arguments for the big murder trial. Thank you. Thank you. Still, still more subtle than Al Pacino in this movie. Title drop. <laughs> nailed it. Opening arguments. Now, okay, is it just me or is the guy, the actor playing the prosecutor, Brett Kavanaugh? I, the guy, he, like, it, like, it looks like, you know, Brett's put on a little weight since the 90s, but it looks like this could be him. Yeah, my my no was anyway. I like beer. I drink beer. I like to drink beer. It's all about beer. <laughs> I like a ski once in a while. I yeah. enjoy a ski. Go fuck yourself. Who says uh, that? <laughs> Awful assholes. Redonkulous. Fuck you. <laughs> Talk like that. All right. So so the the prosecutor gives his opening argument, and then the judge turns to Keanu Reeves, and he's like. That was a pretty good opening argument. You need to take a break. Are you man enough to open your argument now? Or do you want to recess? He's like, no, no, I will open this argument like it was a can of whoop-ass motherfuckers. Yep. And Keanu crushes it with, with his opening argument. He's like, okay, well, that guy took a fucking while. Am I right? <laughs> right? Right? So fucking slow. I know you're hungry, so, you know, I'll go fast. That's also why I made this 12-course degustation tasting menu for all of you guys. (laughs) To start, we have an amuse-bouche. It's a salmon cornet, sweet onion creme fraiche, if you like that. 
There, there is no amount of crazy billionaire money I would not fork over to hear Keanu Reeves say amuse bouche. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> In a southern accent, no less. Yeah. Just have him and Pacino reading a menu to you back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> Same menu. Oh. Uh, I, but I, I, I have to say this. It, it pains me to do so. This is a really good opening statement. It really is. Like, th like, this is what you do. You set up your theory of the case and you block out the areas that you think your wit your witnesses are going to be weak at. So, right, if you're defending a scumbag, like, you get up there and, you know, I know that, like, the dialogue is like, look, we all want to murder my client. I want to murder my client. But, like, you, you really <laughs> actually do that. So, yeah. So he the broken clock twice a day, I guess. Uh, he he actually does lawyer this part correctly. Um, but I, I feel like, all right, and you tell me, Andrew, would you tell your client you were going to do that or would you surprise him in the courtroom with it? <laughs> oh, well, it's funnier if you surprise him, obviously. Like, well, that, okay. That, I, well, yeah, no, that is the... <laughs> yeah, because Craig T. Nelson didn't see that coming and he's pissed. He has to rough up. I guess they have a room adjacent to the courtroom where... You can beat up your lawyer if you have to, either in that room. Or you can blow them through a glory hole. They have a lot of options. Yeah, yeah. they actually call it the Eli room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then we, we, we cut from the opening arguments to this scene where Keanu runs into Jeffrey Jones on the street. And <sighs> apparently this is where Keanu Reeves learns that he is now a full partner at the law firm and didn't know that. Uh, so, all right. Yeah. I, I, I just praised the lawyering in the previous scene. So <laughs> I, I, like what, <laughs> what kind of like six year old with a crayon got a hold of the script here? Like, like, we all know the way a partnership works is that like major corporate decisions have to be voted on by the partners like if you can do something over the objections and without the knowledge of your partners that's not a partnership right like uh, <laughs> right. Uh, uh, you, again i hate to argue with you about legal stuff but i'm pretty sure if you again if you have that crayon you're talking about and you write and keanu reeves in small crayon <laughs> on the front of the door of the firm that's his uh, like if, if eddie barzoon doesn't notice for a certain amount of time that's official and, and, and they call the document the charter like i Oh, God, I'm sorry. My my there was a little blood vessel in the back that actually reached out and strangled my medulla oblongata on this one. It was, it was, it was yeah. I feel like you'd need his permission, at least. Yeah, I mean, you think you, I so. But but the key here, though, is that Jeffrey Jones can out ski him any day. Damn it. Right. Like, that's the way they play. This is that like. They're going to have to like now the two of them have to ski against each other to see whose dad gets the rec center after all. <laughs> um, so that, then, that would be such a good movie. I would definitely go see that movie. I just want to point out. <laughs> all right. All right. Jeffrey Jones needs the work. Um, Keanu will do anything. All right. So now he goes back. He's got to tell Al Pacino about this weird encounter with Jeffrey Jones so that Al Pacino can deliver this movie's writer's version of an Al Pacino speech. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, if you listen to the words of the speech that Al Pacino gives, they are complete fucking nonsense, but it sounds so good because it's Al Pacino. Yeah, this this speech is amazing. It is 
Eddie Barzoon, take a good look. He's the poster child for the next millennium. You sharpen the human appetite to the point where it can split atoms with its desire. It goes on for another page and a half like this. I just want to point out. <laughs> yep. like, literally, none of these words belong in this order in the English language. It's amazing. <laughs> um, there's a fiber optics reference. It is just crazy. Yeah. Also, yeah, uh, speaking of words and the English language and their existence or not, uh, kybernetic keyboard. Have you guys heard of a kybernetic keyboard? what he said. What the fuck would a kybernetic... First of all, like, who makes an AI robot that can understand language and then use it to take dictation and do physical <laughs> typing? Like the liquid metal guy just taking dictation there. But my favorite part is that Pacino, it's obviously supposed to be a cybernetic keyboard, but Pacino says kybernetic, but his speech is so fucking good that they were like, we have to keep it. We have yeah, to keep it. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> it was like kybernetic keyboard. Cut, cut. Uh, Pacino just like waves it off and keeps going. <laughs> like Peyton Fuck Manning with a punt cut. team or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, 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 was de there was definitely a Calculon does one take coming yeah. out of Al Pacino for this one. <laughs> I believe it's pronounced Salculon. It's Salculon does one cut. <laughs> And of course, while he's given this speech, we've got Jeffrey Jones jogging and there's three demons chasing. They're like, it's like the hockey players in Dogma, except we're supposed to take them seriously. <laughs> right. The three jogger demons that are chasing Jeffrey Jones around now. Yep. And they beat him up like Big Dan Teague beating up. <laughs> yes, they do. Brother, it's so good. Also, apparently Charlize Theron is experiencing this too. They just cut to her and she's not having a good time at all during this scene. Remember, she's in this movie. All right. So then we <laughs> cut to Keanu Reeves interviewing the assistant, like uh, the, the, the um, his client's assistant that is going to testify that she was having an affair with him while he was supposedly killing his family. Right. This is where he has to give out some lawyer advice. Okay. which includes don't be confused if the other lawyer changes his tone of voice. Yeah. What? Yeah. What the fuck he, was he, that about? He's explaining to her, he's like, all right, well, this prosecutor's going to get super tricky. He'll change tone of voice. He'll change attitude. He'll change tempo. Yeah, okay. Tempo? Tempo, yeah, Andrew. All right, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew, level with me. Did you ever... When you were a lawyer, did you ever start a sentence slow and then just all of a sudden speed it up when they weren't ready? <laughs> and so get somebody to confess, just be like, so your name is Brett Kavanaugh. I did it. I did it. I did it. <laughs> See, oh, I, I was thinking he was reading the instructions from the Casio keyboard, right? Like he's going to change the tempo. He's going to press the Samba button. He's going to lay out his oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Or you can change the speed without changing the pitch. It's It's crazy. <laughs> All right, so, and also, by the way, his alibi apparently was that he was fucking from 6.10 p.m. to 9.40 p.m. <laughs> Craig T. Nelson was fucking from, keep in mind, this isn't Mr. Incredible. This is just regular Craig T. Nelson was fucking for two and a half hours. Hayden Fox can fuck. No <laughs> joke. Coach, are you kidding me? But remember, within the world of this movie, just just to fully creep everyone out, this is 
Donald Trump was fucking for three and a half hours. So yeah, I kind of feel no. like we could tweet at Stormy Daniels and figure out if that's true or not. <laughs> but then we would like she'd ruin some other classic video game for us forever. So we, I don't think we want to oh, do that. Uh, so, OK, so, uh, yeah, I had to explain to my son why Mario Kart was trending on the OA Twitter. Feed. That's, that's, that was, that's that was fun. fun. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he's he storms out of the office, uh, you know, because because he realizes that it's a lie. He realizes that the assistant wasn't really having an affair. She's just apparently being paid off to be his murder alibi. And out in the office, everyone just found out that Jeffrey Jones was beaten to death in the previous scene. So they're all super sad. And this is where it, it turns out that Keanu Reeves has a a court appearance pop quiz of some sort. Like his, his, his assistant comes by and says, you're supposed to be in court in 30 minutes. And it's like, I figured, I mean, I didn't accuse a Supreme court justice of sexual assault. Why the hurry? Like wait, you think they would tell me about it in advance. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, 30 fucking, this is Manhattan. You better have some fucking spidey webs. If you're going to get downtown in 30 minutes. <laughs> All right, so they, they're on the subway heading to this pop quiz of a fucking court appearance, and he he tells, he confides in Al Pacino on the way. He's like, I'm starting to think that Craig T. Nelson might have been the real killer. <laughs> like, you haven't, you haven't considered that as you're building your defense, the idea that maybe he did it? That is just now occurring to you several days into the court proceedings. And does that matter if you're a defense lawyer? Well, I, it, I mean, so it, it certainly does, right? Like, because you cannot knowingly suborn perjury, right? So it's one of the things like, uh, oh. Alan, Alan Dershowitz used to say this in, in his criminal law classes all the time. He was like, I never ask my clients the terminal question, right? Like, because if they say, uh, I did it, uh, then I cannot put them on the stand if I decide. I rarely decide to put them on the stand, but I can't put them on if they have told me I did. I can suspect, uh, but I cannot knowingly suborn perjury. So that's a that's a common defense thing. But I have to tell you, like this entire thing really, really pisses me off. Like this is really typical of every lawyer movie that they want to focus in on. What if I'm a defense attorney and I get a guilty person off? You know what they never focus in on in legal movies is like, hey, I'm a prosecutor and I'm like wheedling confessions out of drug addicts and homeless yes. people, the mentally ill. Like, fuck you. You know, like it is so much a bigger. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to go. Yeah, serious no, no, for a second, no, absolutely. Really absolutely. I, I, yeah. I, I'm with you. The, the, like in movie universe, the prosecutor is always the good guy. And unless like, you know, he's a comic foil to Joe Pesci, but the prosecutor is <laughs> always the good guy. Wait. And there's, and the there's false guilties. You're saying there's prosecutors getting false guilties in the real world. Can you uh, believe that? <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So we head back to court and he has this amazing liar, liar moment, right? Where he has to, he has to call the assistant to the stand, but he can barely get the words out. What happened there? He literally, he forgets how to speak. So like, <laughs> this is, I'm pretty sure Keanu like read the direction in the script. It probably said something like, you know, speak with difficulty. But Keanu is fucking <laughs> stupid. So he took that to mean like physical difficulty making mouth noise. So like, all of a sudden he's like, 
Foghorn Leghorn with a stutter, just like, I call <laughs> Mrs. Boy. Yeah, so, but he, he manages to get it out, right? He, he manages to call Melissa Black to the to the stand, and then she swears on a Bible, even though she's going to lie. See, this movie counts. It wasn't just so that we could watch boobs. And then we cut immediately to everyone in the ho- uh, hallway celebrating how good Keanu Reeves just lawyered again, right? <laughs> yeah, because apparently the, the one thing they don't have in this trial is cross-examination. But it, it, <laughs> No. <laughs> no, well, the one thing they have they don't have in this legal drama is a legal drama, right? Yeah. Like this is the big this is the case this whole movie has been about as much as this movie's been about a thing and it just ends off-screen. Okay. Yeah. They, they, it has it has neither legal nor drama to it. It's pretty amazing for for that. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it's like the Holy Roman Empire, but yeah, keep but so, it does. <laughs> Um, but but we do get we do get boobs and that's enough to stick around for apparently. So okay, now Keanu Reeves gets home and Charlize Theron is going completely like full insane. He has to chase her down. They have a scene of him running because they really wanted this to be the firm with Satan and boobs, so they needed him to run at some point. <laughs> it starts raining. He smashes into John Cusack too somehow. It's like, oh man, were you doing? Yeah, yeah, it's raining. Cool. So, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, so he finds her in a church and she starts confessing that Al Pacino raped her, but Al Pacino was in court with him the whole time. So clearly she's insane. If only he could scream at her louder. Oh, and hear yeah, that. It's gross. He yells at her. He's like, impossible. Al Pacino had a calendar and a yearbook. <laughs> and, what? He was right next to me the whole time. Again, she's having a delusional breakdown as far as he knows. And he's yelling at her like a like a dog that peed on the rug. <laughs> and you could see you could see in Charlie's Theron's eyes. She's acting so well at this point. She's being the like person in the middle of a delusional breakdown and she's acting the part perfectly. And she's got Keanu across from her. And she's you could see in her eyes. She's just like, dude, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, are you buffering again? What is should I unplug your router and plug it back in? Like, you gotta get your shit together. So all right, so he checks her into oh, and then she's naked for a minute. Like it just the the nudity of this movie is so bizarrely gratuitous. Right. Yeah. Like there's no it serves no function, which like, I'm mean, not complaining about naked Charlize Theron, but like do something with your nudity. OK, like at least pretend that there's a uh, reason. Beyond- I don't know if gratuitous is the word like it's Charlize qua Charlize. Like I'll take I think, you know, that's <laughs> her, her nudity for the sake of her nudity is strong. OK, yeah. <laughs> but, but oh, one two, other thing two, two in the scene. Thank you. Two <laughs> votes. I was waiting for that. So. She's sitting there. She's in a church. She ran to a church. She's wrapped in a blanket. She's, as we as we just found out, she's like all scarred from this, you know, assault that just happened to her. And nobody's come to like talk to her in the church. Is the church on a fucking wait? Like, <laughs> does, she, does she have one of those little buzzers? And then like it buzzes and she goes to get to see a priest eventually. Like she's at the fucking DMV. <laughs> so, yeah, God got her little number there. Yeah. Um, so he checks her, her into an asylum, uh, but she understands that her insanity is actually just a punishment from God for him winning all of his lawyer 
cases. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, theologically, this makes sense because Christian God really likes to take it out on people's wives and daughters and shit. Mm. That would make sense, I guess. But then we cut to uh, Jeffrey Jones's funeral, right? <laughs> this scene is so goddamn bizarre because I feel like the movie is just like, it's not over now, I guess. Okay, we'll do this. <laughs> But during this scene, we just get Al Pacino just sort of wandering through the church being evil. And I would watch three and a half hours of just that. Right. Just him wandering around evilly touching things in a church. That would be that would be fine with me. Yeah. What's he supposed to be like? The Prince of Darkness was like, uh, yeah, sorry, come into my office. I want you two women to go sit next to Keanu during the funeral. And <laughs> then he'll get a funeral boner. And then we wait. Like what? Yeah. yeah. What was the play? Wait for what? What are you talking about? Yeah, You're yeah. Satan. Do a spell or something. What the fuck have we been doing this whole time? Yeah, there, there was definitely a phase three is profit kind of vibe from the entire bit. <laughs> yeah. A funeral boner to profit is an interesting <laughs> set of dots. You got to admit. But they well, don't spell it out. Yeah, before we can get to that, he storms out. Keanu gets mad and storms out because he starts seeing the pedophile teacher from the beginning of the movie. He starts seeing him in the in the audience. So he storms out. And it turns out that the, the, the Justice Department guy that's investigating the firm was waiting outside of the funeral in case he should storm out. It, right. This this scene definitely supports Noah's thesis that the movie is the firm plus the devil, right? Like it's like John Grisham broke onto the set and took over writing and directing, but only for the next nine minutes, right? Like yeah, he's like, okay, right. so so what's gonna happen is the firm no wait, uh the partnership is secretly running arms deals and toxic waste and money laundering and you know, you ever you ever read Little Abner? Anyway. Yeah, it, it, it's insane. <laughs> and, and none of this goes anywhere after the next, after no. the next eight and a half minutes. It's, uh, yeah. No, because the scene ends with that guy getting run over by a car and killed instantly. Um, but <laughs> the way we get there is so goddamn amazing. This is the best. Al Pacino is, again, wandering evilly around the church. And at one point, he goes to stick his finger in the holy water thing, and he stops. He like breaks the fourth wall, looks right at you. And he goes, "I know I'm doing this fucking movie, but hey, you know why not, not? Why not have some fun with it?" Oh, his face is the greatest at this point. First, you see him just like being Pacino at the back of a church, and he's all like mischievous Pacino. And then he's got, yeah, like you said, he's got his finger about to dip into the holy water. And he's like the kid being told, don't you dare touch that holy water. Don't you dare. <laughs> and he's slowly dipping his finger, just like, look into my eyes. Fuck your holy water. I put my finger wherever I want, everywhere. I, I, you, you, you guys are the Christian movie experts. So, I mean, I, I thought, uh, I thought this was supposed to be like dogma rules, right? Like, can the devil touch consecrated holy water? Like, I, I, I was totally confused, but I loved it anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, right. It, yeah, it doesn't really have to. We, when when he gets to dump his fingers into the holy water, the holy water literally sizzles, <laughs> and this causes another human being at that moment to get killed by a car, I forgive you, right? It doesn't uh, have to make sense. Beautiful. That's a, uh, it's a weird 
It's a weird Satan power. Absolutely. <laughs> a weird one. Like, I wanted to see him show up at a church and the holy water thing is empty and he's got to like, ask for a refill. He's like, he's like, fuck, I got six minutes before Manafort turns. I got six uh, minutes. Somebody bless this shit. This, this might sound crazy, but uh, <laughs> uh, you're going to need I need just a little bit more holy water. Are, are you <laughs> the devil? This, sound, this might sound crazy, but like, are you going to boil it with your finger and murder somebody? Because we get this a lot. <laughs> you shift. I heard you're a shapeshifter. What? No. <laughs> I would not even. Why? I, I like the idea that different props in the church would be a different specific way to murder somebody, right? So the holy water is death by automobile. The, the votive candle means it gets crushed by a safe. Like, I would just love that. <laughs> he boils down the water. It's just a film of shit at the bottom. Like, yeah, oh, right, yeah, right. That's what happens. A lot of shit I was knows. doing you guys a favor, I guess. So, okay. So Keanu goes to the asylum to see... Charlize and his mom is there reading a Bible to a person having a mental breakdown. That's probably not good. Not a Ugh. good thing. So Charlize Theron is is basically catatonic at that point. So Keanu and his mom go out to have a chat out in the hall. And mom starts to tell him I she's like basically she's like, Okay, I know that it's be really fucking cheesy to do the Darth Pacino. He is your father <laughs> thing right now, but this is this is really all we've got for this movie, I guess. So let me tell you who your father really was. Yep. And they apparently met when she was in New York on a mission crusadey thing in like mm -hmm. 1966, and Pacino, Satan. The, the Prince of Darkness was a waiter at a hotel restaurant. <laughs> and, and, and he like conned her into sleeping with him and, you know, spawned, uh, spawned Keanu Reeves. He's, he was a, a waiter at a hotel restaurant. I just want to repeat that. Well, Satan he was, was just like trying to sell everybody the same apple. Just like, perhaps you'd like this apple for dessert. See, see, I was thinking cheesecake. No, fuck. Uh, apple cheesecake. No, blueberry. Apple, blueberry. No, stop saying apple. See, in my head canon, uh, uh, Pacino was just auditioning for the role of Satan. So, you know, obviously he was right. you know, waiting tables until he got the part. So uh, that's, that, that, that's that kind of what I thought. This was early in his satanic <laughs> career. Yeah, he had to make ends meet. <laughs> so, OK, but before we can finish the reveal, the reveal is so stupid in this movie that they cut it off halfway to have Charlize Theron kill herself. <laughs> By slitting her own throat with a piece of glass. Now, <sighs> in yeah. this moment, Keanu's just trying his little heart out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> to, to oh my cry? God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really kind of sad to look at, to be yeah. honest. If if Keanu were were dressed as an Indian overlooking a river full of uh, you know pollution, this would not have been less believable <laughs> for Keanu. Oh my god. It's so rough. It's like they had to trick him into getting the shot. Like they had to like they had him laughing hysterically at a fart noise or whatever. And then they were like, dead puppy. Look at the dead puppy. So like his face is laughing, but the noise, he's at least bawling. It's so bad. Yeah. OK, so, yeah. So he watches his wife die and seconds later. Right. 
in this in this film's universe, seconds later, he goes out. And he's like, all right, well, she's dead now. Finish that that story. There's no way this movie merits a two and a half hour runtime. Finish the fucking reveal. Ugh. And mom tells him like, yeah, no, it's Al Pacino. Al Pacino is your dad. It's kind of super obvious at this point. It would have been a surprise if you'd let me say it earlier. But uh, fine. No, your wife has to kill herself and upstage me again. <laughs> and, and Keanu's reaction to this, to his dad being Satan, and again, his wife just moments ago dying in his arms. Yeah. He's like an angry teenager storming out. He's just like, God, <laughs> you never let me do anything. I'm going oh, <laughs> I'm going to play guitar in the basement. Don't, stop. Don't touch me. <laughs> Brown out Iron Man. Wait. Brown out Iron Man. No, fuck. Iron Man. There's a major. And, and, and let's not let's not skip over, you know, Mama Boucher's motivation here is she didn't want Keanu to think he hadn't earned his way to New York. Like, I love that. What? <laughs> I didn't want you to know that it was the Satan powers all along. <laughs> what? And also, apparently, Keanu Reeves, like, internally, like, his character in the movie realizes that none of this would make sense unless this was the third act of a horror movie. Right. So he realizes for no reason that he must now face Al Pacino alone. <laughs> and, of course, this is leading to literally... My favorite possibly 20 minutes in any movie ever. It's so close. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's let's get to that. So this is where we're the, the, fuck the assistant character that like his is his legal assistant shows up to basically say to him, it's OK. We're in. We're this is the last scene. Don't worry. It's almost over. <laughs> and then he goes to Al Pacino's apartment and he just storms and he's like, all right, let's get this movie over with. Right. And. <laughs> Al Pacino's like, sorry, hold on. I got 25 minutes here. I got some material here. <laughs> he just rolls out a scroll, rolls across the floor. <laughs> I'm going to Al Pacino for a while before we're done. Buckle in. But we start, right? This is the high fidelity rule on making a mixtape, right? Like, you got to start high and then take it higher. Like, this is yes. the best line in any movie ever. I am. I have been, since watching this movie, I have been looking for a way to just work this bit of dialogue into, you know, day-to-day -day occurrences. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Heath, you, 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 you want to take the line? Oh, I love this so much. Please, no, please go ahead. You're talking oh. about when he's, he's, he's talking with Kevin about how he, he fucked yeah. his, Kevin's wife. Yeah. <laughs> he says, well, Kevin, on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being the most depraved act of sexual theater known to man. And one being your average <laughs> Friday night run through at the Lomax household. I'd say not to be immodest, that not your wife and I got it on at about a seven. <laughs> <laughs> and he holds up so the fingers. Good. It's the best. It's the, oh. the absolute best. I will never find English linguistic perfection to to uh, to, to, to top that. Oh, so uh, my favorite part is that the not to be immodest part. He's like he, he's Satan, the Prince of Darkness, and he's like seven. Like I'm not seven five. No, I'm not. I will not say eight. I'm not gonna say eight. I'm not gonna say eight. I was, you know, I was a little tired. She's she's hot. 
She's hot, Look, but, it's, you know. It's New York, right? Yeah, I mean, if, if this were Wisconsin, it'd be a 10, <laughs> but, like, you know, it's New I York I had recently City. fucked, like, seven half-Asian reptilian prostitutes, and that was, like, moments ago. Refractory period, <laughs> even for Satan. I, I hit her at a pool. seven. I yeah. had been in the pool. <laughs> um, and also, we learned here that you can't shoot Satan. Well, you can shoot Satan, but the bullets just make him overact even harder. Right? Like, he, <laughs> he just Al Pacino's all the bullets away. I almost feel like Al Pacino could really do that to bullets, right? If you started shooting him, you just start going, ah, <laughs> and the bullets would be like, all right, fuck that. It's, it's out. Oh, so, it's the great. Yeah. Milton getting shot is fantastic. He goes, this is where he goes, full Pacino. If he hadn't already, this is full Pacino <laughs> to the next level. Like, like five raspy smoker lions combined to make Pacino Voltron at this point. <laughs> and he's getting shot. He's just like, got me, got hua, hua. Serpico, Attica, Attica. <laughs> I, I, I kind of talk normal during my early career. Michael Corleone is uh, another role I had. Attica, ha, got me. Mo Green is out at the Tropicana. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then... Like I'm, I'm, I'm done with this shit. Cause let's face it. He's just been Al Pacinoing now for an hour. And like, that only takes me so far, but then hot redhead is it comes in and I'm like, all right, you got me for another 15 minute runtime. <laughs> and then Al Pacino, Al Pacino's God, right? He gives his whole guy what a son of a bitch Christian God would be. And I'm like, well, actually, you know, that's. That's like hard for them to hide from, I guess. He, that was an amazingly uh, cogent argument for why God's a giant asshole. Yes. <laughs> and then, okay, I don't really get what's happening here, but Connie Nielsen is Keanu Reeves' sister, and therefore Satan wants the two of them to fuck to make super Satan? I just, I, uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only, because I was trying to do the math on this, because, you know, I'm a number, so Al Pacino is Satan. Keanu Reeves is half Satan. Uh, Connie Nielsen is half Satan. So they Correct. have to fuck to give birth to the Antichrist. What in the, what in <laughs> the hell is this plot? He's going. He's going Satanism for like Satanism is recessive. I don't. Yeah, the, yeah like I want to see that inbred Antichrist come out just with like a tiny <laughs> head and a flipper and a club foot trying to be all as badass. <laughs> oh my god! So. We have to establish, too, by the way, that the that the moral of this story is lawyers. Am I right? Like they come back over and over like they're, he's about to fuck Connie Nielsen. She becomes naked in this scene. <laughs> and then he goes, wait, wait, why is this movie about lawyers? <laughs> like, right. Like he's still trying to figure out the plot. Oh, and then there's that there's this tiny little moment is priceless. Pacino's telling him, he's like, all right, you got to fuck your half-sister. I want you to be yourself. I want you to be, you know, like the whatever, spawn the Antichrist again. And Pacino boops Keanu on the forehead. <laughs> yeah, <what? laughs> and Keanu panics. He's just like, stop. <laughs> Why'd you boop me? <sighs> so good. And they keep all of it and they just try to keep acting through it. It's the best. Yeah. It is is no one going to mention the three solid minutes of Pacino singing Sinatra? Like, <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. At this point, even the fucking soundtrack was going like, oh, fuck it, whatever. Just Pacino up, man. Just Pacino up. Um, <laughs> also, question. 
why does Keanu need to volunteer for that? Like, why can't, why can't Satan just like get some of Keanu's cum and just like turkey baster it into Connie Nielsen? Well, like, I mean, he can make, he can make Charlize Theron look like Connie Nielsen. Can't he make Connie Nielsen look like Charlie? Could they, could they, could it feel, I feel like they could have just tricked him. Or he could just look at Keanu and be like, whoa, and then Keanu would swoon and ejaculate. And there you go. Work on me. Yeah, no, I guess that would, that would do the trick. So, all right. But Keanu's figured out a way to end this movie after all. So he pulls out Chekhov's gun, remember? The gun from before. (laughs) And then he kills himself with it. He shoots himself in the head so as not to spawn the Antichrist. Because let's face it, with Connie Nielsen naked right in front of you, either you're shooting yourself in the head or you're fucking Connie Nielsen, I guess. Um, I get it. I get it. And then that's when Satan goes full Satan, turns devilly and fiery. (laughs) Yeah, there's this big like CGI sequence with all the fire and everything. But there's one little moment in the middle of it. Did you guys catch the like (laughs) just weird little frame of shirtless, normal Al Pacino by just like sloppy, just dumpy looking at the camera for a second? Yeah. It's this big finale with like epic symphonic music and fire and angels and demons changing into each other. And then just five seconds of sloppy Al Pacino with a hangover on Sunday morning. Just no shirt, leathery man boobs looking right back at you. Back to epic finale. It was so weird. Yeah. And so, okay, now we're going to make sense of all that with this final scene, right? So this is where we get the twist. We back up. We're in the bathroom at the beginning of the movie, right before he berated the underage rape victim. And where the the reporter guy was fucking with him about not being able to free the pedophile, which if you think about it is a weird shit talk to have with somebody like, I bet you can't get that pedophile off scot free. (laughs) So he walks into the courtroom. Charlize Theron is still alive because this is the past. And so Keanu says, oh, it's so great to see you. And he kisses her and he makes out with her a bit. Which, you know, it makes sense within the story, but like in her mind, in the chronology of the courtroom, this happens immediately after a 14 year old girl details her rape, right? Like the the guy defending the accused rapist starts off by coming in and making out with his wife as though he had been turned on by all of this. Mm. Struck me as weird. Not a good time. All right. Thanks, Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. No. So, but this You're not going to ruin this for me. You're not going to ruin this for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pushing past it. All right. But this time through the timeline, Keanu Reeves can't bring himself to use his super lawyer powers to get a pedophile off without punishment. So he quits the lawyering right in the middle of the lawyering. The moral of this story, again, is... Don't be a lawyer, even if you're a lawyer. Yeah, no, he he he, officer and a gentleman's this scene, right? Like, he, yes, he, yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but then it turns. But then, like the the journalist appeals to his vanity and says, "I'm going to make you famous. Everyone will love a, not a lawyer anymore." And it turns out that the journalist was secretly the devil the whole time, which we learned when Al Pacino morphs out of that actor and breaks the fourth wall again. 
All right. Well, that wraps it up, I guess. Andrew, <laughs> uh, when we first asked you to do this, we didn't know that so much would be going on in the judiciary universe immediately before you came on and recorded us. So uh, thanks even more than usual for uh, for making time for us today. <laughs> thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's always fun, uh, even when, you know, the, the world is on fire. I mean, there was only CGI fire in this movie, but the literal world is on fire as we're recording this. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm sure it'll be burned out by the time we... Uh, we released this episode, assuming there's not a nuclear war or something like that. Okay, so if the listeners wanted to hear more of your biting legal commentary, where could they find it? Uh, opening Arguments Podcast. Just if you start typing opening into Google, you'll get there. So. Oh, wow. Oh, eh? Or, of course, you'll be able to find it linked on the show notes for this episode. And, well, that's going to do it for our review of The Devil's Advocate. That's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to hype you up for London. So, he tell us what's on deck. Loose motherfucking change loose oh. change about oh. the the inside job of 911 very excited about it it's a documentary it's based on reality it's a non-fictional <laughs> Maybe you've documentary 911 <laughs> it happened in New York it's traded on the New York Stock Exchange yeah no it is it is so yeah no and that's going to be our London live show um, it's in the future as we record this. It's in the past as you hear it. But get ready, for, get excited for next week because we're going to have Andy Wilson and Mike Marshall on uh, as guests in that show. Should be an absolute fucking blast. So with that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 164 to a merciful close. Once again, a big thanks to Andrew Torres for hanging out with us today. And a perhaps even huger thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist, Citation Needed, and The Skeptic Right, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Tim Robertson takes care of our social media. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. All of the music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bostic, I'm No Illusions. Promise to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Breakfast Club clothes. Keanu Reeves went on to star in John Wick 3, still buffering. <laughs> Satan went on to have his very own court <laughs> and Eli Bosnick never regretted hiring Keanu Reeves as his lawyer <laughs> <laughs>